4,000 Words is funded by the generosity of the patrons of Infinite Hermit Productions. If you'd like to contribute and get access to works in progress, complete stories, exclusive podcasts and Parapod movie, pictures, updates and rarities, please visit patreon.com forward slash Ian Bowlesworth or visit ianbowlesworth.co.uk for more details. Daddy's home. As the bathroom door closed behind him, his jaw ached from the stern expression he had held since arriving at the conference rooms. The search for a suitable haven had been exhaustive, under monotonous scrutiny, and he had moved quickly around the building. The first bathroom he'd found had been heaving, but he'd been able to smoothly turn on his heel with such reaction that, had anyone registered, It would have looked like this had been his intention all along. He'd managed to go unnoticed in there, not so fortunate in the second one. There had been four men in there, and he'd felt every single one of them eyeball him. He had made a play of pulling paper towels from the dispenser before folding them into his jacket pocket and leaving, not checking whether this charade had looked out of place. A flight of stairs later, knowing he was desperately close to where he had to be, and he had found this one. This one felt empty. He sighed loudly before urgently stifling it. That had been too much. It wasn't just breath, it was voice too, and had echoed far louder than it was. That would sound weird if there actually was anyone else in there. He quickly undid his suit jacket and took strides towards the stalls. Every door was closed and it was near impossible to make out red or green in the indicator locks which felt all wrong in such a pristine bathroom. There was no water splashed by the sinks, the floors were immaculate, and the lighting, wherever it was, was toned to relaxing perfection. The sort of bathroom you could add a chair to and stay all day. He appreciated this bathroom, and appreciated everyone who had been in it before him for not defiling it. He could see his reflection in his peripheral vision as he strode past the wide mirroring above the sinks, but resisted the urge to look, instead glancing back at the door he had walked through, before stooping to see beneath the cubicle doors. From the angle he took, it was inconclusive. There were no shadows, or feet, in the shallow visibility field, but to know for certain he would have to stoop lower. Again he looked back to the main door, and risked lowering a few more inches. He scanned swiftly, but it was still inconclusive. How far down would be the point of no return? Somebody walking fast through the door when he was on all fours would be beyond explanation. And beyond explanation was the worst case scenario for today. He decided to take a knee. Nobody would be looking close enough to see that his shoes weren't laced. He could get away with that. Making a conciliatory gesture of playing with invisible laces, he tilted his head beneath the doors. All clear. He was alone. Quickly rising to his feet, he went into the stall furthest away and closed the door, dropping the toilet lid and sitting. This time his sigh was completely unguarded, 
and he allowed his breath to push unhurried, enjoying the reverberation without panic. He closed his eyes and leaned back, daring to relax at the precise moment that the toilet flushed beneath the lid. His eyes shot open again, alert. He had covered the flush motion sensor in his lean. Another sigh, as close to a groan without quite crossing the threshold, and he screwed his eyes up so tightly that the darkness became kaleidoscopic. The gear changes from tension to sanctuary to panic to relief were exhausting, but he reminded himself that feelings were good. Feelings were exactly what he was hiding in here for. His eyes remained tightly closed. He could see swirling lights and hear a thundery rumble the tighter they got. This was not a new invention for him, but it had remained clandestine for many years. He had opted for this escape as a child, always incurring his father's wrath. The rumble didn't quite drown out father's chastising, but he would persist until the rough tug on his arm brought him back to reality. He never found out whether he would still be punished had he done as he was told and reopened his eyes. Always he would endure until the point of assault. It was his own fault. The antagonism must have made the anger impossible to placate. The tug on his arm, each time followed by an open-handed slap that never made the clapping noise. It would strike around his temple with a thud, more like a punch, ironically increasing the psychedelic vision through now open eyes, as his father snarled some vitriolic assessment of his son's enmity. He was never able to recall the specifics of the words, only that the thuds got louder over time, but hurt less. He thought. He wasn't entirely certain they'd ever hurt at all. He'd always had this issue with feeling. Adjusting on his throne to ensure he was no longer in motion sensor range, he reached inside his jacket and retrieved his phone. He supposed he was technically off the radar, so there were missed calls and text messages of course, but they could wait. He opened the app and stared, steadying himself. Eventually his thumb hovered over the search bar. What would be best? What did he need today? He could go to his search history and pick a recent success, but would it be the right call right now? He doubted it. He felt he needed something new. His face was placid, but his thoughts were racing. He tried to make peace with releasing the decision he had already made. Today of all days, he needed something more extreme. It felt shameful, but he could not stop. Ceasing the self-analysis, he tapped the on-screen keyboard quickly before hitting search. A fleeting fear that he may have found himself in an area of the building with weak signal. Mercifully, the results quickly collated before him. So many. He brought the phone closer to his eyes to examine the thumbnails, searching for the thing that would pique his interest, surrendering himself further to being enticed in. He stroked the screen gently, scrolling. Image after image pled for his company. Then he stopped. Oh. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's perfect. That is really perfect. These days, 30 years later, 
His own son had clearly inherited the same obstinacy gene that he had provoked his father with. The incitement was different, but the result near identical. Alex, his son, had taken to lying horizontally on the bed, with his head hanging over the edge, looking up at the ceiling. His face would redden, and he would hold his arms upwards with his fingers reaching. The difference was Alex would keep his eyes wide open, glaring ahead. After one particularly intense reprimanding, they had shared a moment of calm together, where Alex had explained to his dad that it felt as though he were on the roof, looking down, that his perception made him feel high up, as though he were attached to the ceiling. He spread his fingers to increase the vertigo, and it felt that if he were holding a ball, he could drop it upwards. He also said that the longer he did it for, the more intense the euphoria. He had described it as nice dizziness, and that all noise went away, the same as the screwed up eyes. History repeats itself, and the apple never falls too far from the tree. There were things that could be different, though, things that would be different. His thumb was trembling. He had selected, and could barely control his quickened breath. He tapped the screen and turned his phone to landscape, affording him the luxury of moving it further away again, so he could take it all in. A moment of vigilance struck him, and he tapped the pause button whilst the screen was still blank, locking the blackness and postponing his release. He stood quietly and reached for the door lock. Turning it slowly, the click was barely perceptible, and the door did all the work for him, opening an inch and gently kissing the palm of his hand. He opened it wider and leant forward, daring an eye around the frame. The bathrooms remained unspoilt. There was definitely nobody there. He was alone. As he pushed the cubicle door closed again, he considered not locking it. Would that be a bonus? Would that heighten this? He turned the lock. No need for that. He'd been awarded extra luxury already and tapped the side key to turn up the volume. He could do this without the sound. In fact, several times that very week he had been forced to do just that. It took a little longer, but it hadn't been a deal-breaker. He watched the volume bar increase on the black screen as he repeatedly clicked the side button, three quarters full. That would have been enough, but he was safely without company. He pursed his lips and added the last three clicks to Max, sitting back down, his chest pounding as he tapped to release the pause button. A hiss of audio, blaring from his phone, filled the cubicle. The absence of his father had hit him hard and never let up. He had every faith that had his father died, it wouldn't have tipped his head as much as the actual situation. There had only been one occasion that the head slap had caused real physical damage, the very last time. He had upped the antagonism, screwing up his eyes and then putting himself out of reach. They'd been at the kitchen table, and rain was sheeting down outside, drumming against the windows. His mother had been in the living room, and whichever soap opera she was escaping into was murmuring through the walls, monotonous conversations made unbearable by missing clarity. When he heard the scrape of his father's chair, knowing in his blindness that a slap was on the way, he had bolted. His arms reached out before him, but he wasn't going to open his eyes. Banging against the doorframe, 
as he left the kitchen. He could hear the aggression following close behind him, could picture the disbelief in his father's eyes that he would dare attempt escape, and his mother shouted some unclear concern through the house. When he reached the stairs, he felt a hand on his shoulder, but managed to shrug it and took bounds up the steps. There was no exhilaration. He recalled no breathlessness even, just the collected and controlled desire to lead the way. He reached the landing and a strong hand clasped his ankle, pulling his foot and his world from beneath him. As he hit the floor, he kept his eyes clenched, tightly closed, so he had no chance to brace for the impact of the punch that hit him hard. The solid knuckle connected with his eyebrow and the stereo of his own involuntary scream with the pop of puncture felt like it should sicken him. Then the wetness of blood flowing fast down his face, but still his eyes remained closed, even as he was violently jerked back upwards from the floor and held in place. Another punch split him wider with some growling accusations of knowing who was in charge. He could hear his mother frantically screaming louder and louder as she got closer, the words beside him as indecipherable as the soap opera through the wall had been, hysterical and urgent against the ringing in his ears. He was released and dropped back down to the floor. The argument moved away, back downstairs. It had continued late into the night until a door slamming heralded silence. Still he lay there, still his eyes were tightly closed. Despite her relaying it to him in her final years, he had no recollection of his mother scooping him from the landing and into bed. The phone screen lit his face as he stared back at it. A shaky camera refocusing on a doorway, in front of which a large dog sat obediently, looking back at whoever was filming. He heard his own intake of breath and reached out to steady himself with the cubicle wall, his palm wet. He thought at first the dog on the screen was a Labrador, but as it stood and walked towards the camera, it clearly had the shaggy hair of a retriever. Its morose eyes looked to the left at the anonymous filmer before the click of the door behind caught its attention and it looked back and barked. Daylight sneaked through the crack in the door and very soon the entire hallway was filled with a bright glow as the door was pushed fully open. Who is it? said a voice excitedly and he felt the same surge watching it as the dog on screen appeared to display. The dog rested back on its haunches, as if preparing to pounce, and a silhouette appeared in the dazzling doorway. He pushed his hand harder against the cubicle wall. His breath stuttered as he tried to slowly breathe in, and the dog before him made two high-pitched yelps and launched itself at the shadow. Over the years, he had regularly questioned whether had he known when he screwed up his eyes at the kitchen table that it would have been the last time he would ever see his father, he would have still closed them. He didn't like to dig too deep into potential answers. His entire life he didn't recall a time where he could imagine an alternative to the choices he made, yet still he refused to be conclusive. 
In the weeks that had followed the door slam, he waited. His mother appeared to not be waiting. Her only concern clearly lay with him and the fact that he was regularly reopening the wound on his eyebrow with agitated picking. She didn't understand and showed no desire to, but he knew the hammering had been exactly the right response from father. He'd done it for himself. He'd had to push his father further into the darkness, helping his son battle through to the point where he would feel the blows inflicted upon him. That they would raise something in him, some sort of response, but it was the absence that finally hollowed him completely. He was numb and stayed so, awaiting a release that never came. When he thought of his younger self, staring out of that front window, sitting morosely at the kitchen table where he'd seen his father for the last time, he would sometimes imagine Alex in his place, his own son, waiting, outwardly forlorn yet inwardly bereft of any conclusion, storing and edging the emotional release that would never be sated. This image manifested a very specific rage, not anger, not even frustration, something more methodical, a tactical, controlled rage. Alex must never be at risk of this. The similarities in Alex's affectations, laying over the bed, making his head spin, were clues to where this could go. When he had physically jolted his own son from the escape, when he had swung an open palm to awaken him, it was all in place to follow suit. He had repeated with his son the essential experiences, the lessons of discipline, the understanding and acceptance of repercussion. It was all in order, but the same conclusion wouldn't happen to Alex. There would be no lifetime with the spectre of abandonment. It couldn't happen to Alex. The silhouette in the doorway had revealed himself to be a soldier. He had no idea what type, and nor did he care to know. All that mattered was he began to feel the thaw. He felt his heart pound, and his resolve fall away. The golden retriever was making noises that didn't sound possible for a dog. Human screams, and impossibly high-pitched cries. The soldier had knelt down, grinning widely, and was batting his hands against the dog's sides alternately. The voice behind the camera was still repeating, Who is it? Who is it? The retriever momentarily moved away from the soldier, responding to the voice, looking back at the camera and briefly moving towards it, before remembering and spinning back round again, jumping up, licking relentlessly. Is it daddy? said the voice. Is it daddy home? The yelps continued. One of them felt nearer, and he realised it had come from his own mouth. He sniffed wetly, and a tight grin attempted to overcome his trembling lips. The dog's tail was thrashing so fast it was almost blurring, and carried it left to right, practically bouncing itself off the hallway walls, whilst its scrambling feet struggled to maintain purchase on the wooden floor. It's Daddy! Yes, Daddy has come back! The dog suddenly spun onto its back, offering its belly whilst its head craned spasmodically. The soldier leant forward and nuzzled into it, play gnawing from side to side. The dog flipped back off the floor and flopped itself over the back of the soldier's bowed head, still yelping, still crying, 
still licking anything its tongue could find to lick, unable to contain itself, unable to find the choice to make. The laughter in the video chorused against the loud sob in the cubicle. He took his sweating hand from the stall wall and gripped the phone with it, as confused as the dog on the screen was in how best to contain the overflow. The soldier looked straight into the camera with a huge grin. Daddy's home! The video ended and the screen reloaded with a 10 second countdown to the next one. He clicked his phone shut. He couldn't breathe smoothly. His nose was blocked and the air into his mouth was faltering. It was perfection. He leant back and the toilet flushed beneath him again as his eyes looked up to the spotlight above him. He could feel warmth from it, but it was surely too far away for that to possibly be the case. He closed his eyes and felt the light. He was right where he needed to be. The feelings were charging through him. He was on the precipice of distraught. Bowing his head, he slowly reopened his eyes. He could feel the ache in them. They would be just right. Instinctively, he reopened his phone and swiped the app closed, before deciding to briefly visit his settings to click the button which cleared his history and cookies. He had forgotten to do that last time, and that could have been costly. A check of the app showed he was logged out, and his password was required to log back in. Done. Ticked off the list. He stood quickly, and willingly embraced the clumsy lightheadedness this caused. He loudly unlocked the cubicle door, and near staggered back into existence from his illicit sanctuary. Now he hoped there would be someone in the bathroom. Being seen now would be beneficial. Disappointingly, it remained deserted. He walked back towards the sinks, and finally stared into the wide mirror. A vision of credibility looked back at him. His brow was clammy and his eyes obliterated. He was visibly pale and washed out. He looked exhausted. He looked broken. He glared away the smile that dared to shatter the illusion and leant in closer. The scar that interrupted his eyebrow had been relegated to the least noticeable thing on his face. The bloodshot eyes and expression of loss had seen to that. It was contained, locked and loaded. Pushing down on the taps, he let the water gush into the basin, but dropped his hands down by his sides, ignoring the impulse to cup them and splash the flow up onto his face. Refreshment was not what this image needed. Maintaining was paramount. He crouched on the knife edge of emotion, not stepping either way, but ready. The sobs sat in his throat, balanced so that the slightest tilt would bring them forward. Behind him in the mirror, he saw the bathroom door swing open and a police uniform entered. He looked directly at the reflection of the uniformed lady as an exasperated relief overcame her. She leant back out of the doorway and hurriedly shouted, He's in here! to some unseen associate. The officer re-entered and took a wearisome step towards him, still holding the bathroom door half open. We couldn't find you, she said with a soft sigh before giving the slightest cough to clear her throat. They're ready for us. Should we get through this? He nodded pathetically and looked down at the floor. 
She pulled the bathroom door wider for him and stepped back. He wanted to check his eyes again, but resisted the urge to look back to the mirror whilst gingerly stepping through the doorway. The officer put a guiding hand of comfort against his arm and he held on to the tears, ready to release. This should be easy. They were waiting. They would be there. As he moved into the hallway, another hand held on to him and a body drew close against his side. He placed his own hand onto the arm and gave a deliberately weak squeeze as another door was opened and they passed through. They were at the end of a large room that bustled with movement and murmuring. He continued to look downwards as though he was ignorant of the company and once again had to fight the urge to grin. The whole place fell momentarily still and silent before suddenly erupting into frantic animated life. Despite the room being brightly lit, the abrupt strobing lights still dazzled and a chorus of clicks echoed off the walls and high ceiling. Please, the uniformed lady to his left said with uncertainty. The flashes were not deterred. They bounced off the walls and again he felt the impossible warmth on his face. He remembered the kaleidoscopic flashes so long ago but never quite lost and allowed himself a split second of eye tightening. It was justifiable with the assault of brightness and a wetness rolled down his cheek, provoking a more urgent smattering of clicks and flashes. There was no need to hold out any longer. This was the release. His work was almost done. Okay, thank you, said the police officer with a little more assertion. The throng settled down to sit in the assembled rows of chairs. There will be no questions today, just a statement. She looked back at him and he returned the smile of pitying encouragement. An unprovoked guttural sob came from deep in his throat and he had to cough to pretend to compose. Another few clicks. He reached inside his jacket. He could feel his phone. The dog's feet had scrambled so fast on that wooden floor. It didn't know which way to push itself. It was overwhelmed with relief. Daddy was finally home. Again, his thumb stroked tenderly against the phone before he pulled out the piece of paper beside it. The hand still holding onto his arm squeezed so tightly. He looked down at his wife desperately and realized from her reaction that he must still look unnervingly distressed. Her eyes were flooded and he released his valve, allowing his lip to tremble and lifting his sleeve to wipe away his tears, utterly in vain. They would be relentless. He granted his wife a doleful smile of support. Another sob came without warning and he cleared his throat as he unfolded the piece of paper weakly. I, we, have a short statement. He chose a lens and fixed his streaming eyes on it. Tears rained onto the page in his shaky grasp. Thank you for all your help and support. And Alex, if you're watching this, you're not in trouble. Just let us know you're safe. Easy.
4,000 Words is an Infinite Hermit production, written and read by Ian Bowlesworth. The music was by Thomas Funderay. Thousand Words is funded by the generosity of the patrons of Infinite Hermit Productions. If you'd like to contribute and get access to works in progress, complete stories, exclusive podcasts and Parapod movie, pictures, updates and rarities, please visit patreon.com forward slash Ian Bowlesworth or visit ianbowlesworth.co.uk for more details.